Welcome. <laughs> Take two. We're, we're back, Ted. We're back. <laughs> we're back, baby. <laughs> we're back, Bill. Uh, well, it? this is uh, this is going to be the Brazen Altar 2.0. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun facts of recording these uh, podcasts is not all fun and games. We got <laughs> all done with, a, I think it was Technology. a 55-minute uh, podcast and uh, got done with it. And one of the, one of our, uh, wow, our phones, jeez, <laughs> that those, word, those one of things, these things, those things. Uh, had stopped recording <laughs> at like uh, eight minutes and 20 seconds. So would scrap think, it and it was really good oh man it, it was, was really good it was one of those uh it's just gonna be lost to the to the time you know it's just it's it evaporated either. yeah no one knows where it went we, we have the audio for some, it uh, but um <laughs> we thought about doing an overdub <laughs> podcast yeah it would have been it's it like would have been the worst podcast you've ever seen like a japanese anime from the 80s trying to keep up with having the mouths match <laughs> <laughs> those old, old godzilla the, have you ever seen the original uh power ranger so like the the American adaptation, you American companies this is so wild. American companies can buy cartoons that were made in Japan, and then they just bring over all of the original episodes and then just overdub it with English. And so uh, the original yes, Power Rangers yes, cartoons, okay. until they brought in the American actors, were overdubbed, and they were so. I mean, I love Power Rangers; it's what I grew <laughs> up on, so they were awesome. But they were really bad because <laughs> the, none of the mouths matched up. It was just. Them speaking Japanese, but then with an yes. the English, uh, the English audio. That's really interesting. I can't imagine. It's yeah. like, what in the world? do I, am I going for matching my English to their mouths or do I'm just, am I just saying the, the script? Yeah. Do I just, yeah. Anyway. Anyways. How about that? <laughs> how's the way to start the brazen altar. That's the way to start Power the brazen Rangers. altar. Power Rangers, man. Um, okay. Well, we're discussing the second stop in the journey of worship, which is the brazen altar. Mm-hmm. It's the big cook pit. It is. It is. So you walk in through the gate, right? The the gate's super wide. Uh, entrance into the tabernacle. First thing you see is this behemoth of an altar. Mm-hmm. How how big was it, Teal? One of the five measurements. Five cubits by five cubits. Okay. Okay. So we got you know roughly seven and a half feet. It's big. Right. The, it's big the, boy. The, the, the cubit being like eighteen inches, mm-hmm. roughly. So forearm. Been a man's forearm. An average uh, and the height was uh, three cubits, so mm-hmm. four and a half feet tall. So pretty, pretty tall. Really um, big. To you know, the the priest would have to um, lean over and and um, place the sacrifice on there. And of course, they had utensils to mm-hmm. to manage the sacrifice. There's a little ramp hmm. up into the entrance of it. Um, but this is like a this this thing had to hold. I think its size is because it had to hold full size animals yeah. so you, that you could bring. An entire steer right, you know, or right. a heifer at the time probably would have been a, like a red heifer or something like that mm-hmm. would have been customary or something at the time. That's a it's a big space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you're burning stuff up. So this would have been quite the process. I can only imagine. Right for the priests. Um, now, if I come into the tabernacle, do I can I burn my own stuff? No, right. That's the whole. Uh, I don't, I can't do that. No, okay. no. Unfortunately, the, the Lord had prescribed that oh, that uh, there would be a priesthood. Right, the tribe of Levi would have a select group of people, even within the tribe, who would be from the the tribe of Aaron, who were designated priests to to mediate uh, between the people and God. Right. Mm-hmm. So the the priest's job was to uh, to be the mediator between uh, the people and God, and also God back to the people. 
right? So the uh, so the, uh, the blessing, the the famous blessing sung by Carrie Job and Cody Carnes is that is that ironic blessing of the Lord speaking through the priests and the priests blessing the people, uh, but it also went the other way too that that the people could uh, offer sacrifices through the priest to God, right? So, so we also have a uh, kind of a a foreshadowing of Jesus there, right? Yes. That, that yep. now we're able to offer sacrifices. Mm-hmm. As we'll talk about today on our episode, is uh, we're able to offer sacrifices to Jesus through Jesus, rather. Yep. You know, Jesus is the altar and is the is the fulfillment of this stop. Theologically, we're going to use it as a as a uh, liturgical to, tool um, to to move forward in the journey of worship. But uh, the ultimate significance of it was was fulfilled in Jesus, and that's also kind of how we use it as a liturgical tool as well yep. as, as we're looking yeah, yeah. back towards that towards that ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made. Um, so, Teal. Uh, what's the altar all about? What's the, if you could put the altar in one word, what would it be? Hmm. Well, the, I mean, the, the, the one that's most on the nose is sacrifice. Mm. Surrender would be another one. If you want something that's probably a little more poetic would be the idea of surrender. So the, the picture here is, um, or the, I'll read a couple of verses that kind of set this up. So John 10, nine, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he must be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. John 10, uh, John 10, 17, the father loves me because I sacrifice my life. So I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to, and also to take it back up again for this is what my father has commanded. Um, the, the one for us. So these ones kind of paint a picture of what Jesus did through his sacrifice mm-hmm. And I think the one that kind of sums up our role in this is Luke 9, 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So that concept there is taking up your cross is the sacrifice, right? So the, the cross in the, the gospel picture here, the, the cross signifies the brazen altar. Mm-hmm. This is where Christ was sacrificed. Ultimately, this is where... Christ steps in as the perfect atonement, mm-hmm. right? So let's let's mm-hmm. let's cover a couple things here. So the the Christ functions. Christ is doesn't just function, but he. I say the word function just for for terminology. Christ functions as the ultimate perfect atonement. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about here at the brazen altar and the tabernacle of Moses is what's a limited atonement. All or of provisional, these, right? Provisional, well, we'll <laughs> Every time I hear limited atonement, I immediately go to tulip. <laughs> Sorry. Provisional, Sorry. provisional, provisional, yes. Provisional yeah, yeah. atonement. This temporary, is why, temporary. This is why Ronk is a part of this podcast. Because <laughs> like, very important There's so much baggage with that term, <laughs> limited atonement. <laughs> that a lot of, immediately a lot of like, people twitch, listening to this twitch. immediately turned it off because I said... And you're like, oh, these guys are Calvinists. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. But, um, so the, 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 the atonement that was happening at the tabernacle of Moses only provided atonement for a period of time, right? So it was um, either like the the one time a year atonement for the people of Israel, it only lasted for a year. Mm -hmm. So there was was limitations on it. Not to say limited atonement, but a limitation to it is that it had an expiration date, if you will. If you want layman's terms. Yeah, yeah. These animals were sacrificed, but they had an expiration date. It only lasted a certain amount of time. So the, the idea here is, is that you would bring your sacrifice for, um, now we'll do probably a bigger episode on this idea, but there's five 
particular kinds of sacrifices that the Israelite people could partake in that the priests were involved with. Right, right. What we're mostly talking about are uh, burnt offerings, burnt right? Offerings, you know, yes. The 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 total. Um, so there's so the five types were just real quick: sin, guilt, fellowship, um, grain, and burnt offering. Yep. Um, so we're talking primarily about burnt offering, you know, being a because the others were, were fulfilled by Christ. And so again, we can talk about that more in depth in another episode. But our our response to Christ's fulfilling these five offerings is we offer ourselves as a burnt mm-hmm. offering, meaning there's there was no part of the burnt offering that was consumed uh, by the priest or by the offer. A hundred percent of it was burnt up. Every single piece of of the animal was burnt up. Um, so. In the same way, we're to Romans 12, 1, to offer ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. That means mm-hmm. 100% of our lives, kind of the same thing that you just read in Luke 9, uh, the great you know call to discipleship is you have to lay down your whole life. Yep. Not part of it, not the uh, parts that you dislike or like, um, but your whole life has to be laid down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's your spiritual act of worship. That is your reasonable service, as it says yeah, in Romans 12. And you used an interesting word, um, consume, because there were certain sacrifices that were partially burnt and then the the priest could consume Mm -hmm. part of it. But what's interesting about this sin offering is it was to be completely consumed by fire. Right. There couldn't be anything left over. Right. Now, prior to an animal being sacrificed in this way, all of the gross bits are removed. Hooves insides. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what the situation was with the hair. <laughs> I think they were, uh, the hide was skin. It was skin. So, it's yeah, yeah. so, so think thankfully about, you imagine this, this is, a, this is an extensive process. Mm-hmm. This is not just bring your animal up. It's killed and we throw it on there. This is a full butcher shop, mm-hmm. if you will, processing yeah. this because what's left over after you get rid of the hair, hooves, teeth, all that kind of stuff, like the stuff that nobody wants mm-hmm. You're left with the most valuable parts, which is the parts we would. I mean, those are things that are going to still eat. We still eat them. Mm-hmm. I love to eat them. All right, steak. Yeah. I, like, I like all of them. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. These are going to be all the most valuable parts. These would have been things that you would have held on to, and they would have sustained your family. So again, mm-hmm. this is a picture of sin costs something. Mm-hmm. So this is a even even a little bit. This is kind of where the idea of the sacrifice of praise comes from is entering into the courts, it's going to cost you something. You're not in there to just casually hang out. Now, all are welcome to come into the courts, but the concept is really is that you're coming in for a specific reason, and that is for our demonstration here, for our example, I have wronged you. Right, right. And you and I are coming together with my sacrifice to the priest, and I'm offering this as a reminder to myself, my sin costs something. This is proof of I've wronged you. Now, a, a really brilliant thing, just a little side tangent here that um, I picked up from the Bible Project. They did a whole episode on this is they explain this in a really brilliant way is that when we sin against one another, it's not just, oh, hey, I, I took something of yours. Right. So if we're Israelites, we're living in there and I take something of yours and I've wronged you or um I cheat you or something like that. Right. It's not, oh, hey, I did something wrong to Stephen. What I've done ultimately is I have sinned against the image of Christ. Mm. So you are an image bearer of Christ. And my sin is not just, oh, sorry about that, Stephen. You know, I hope we're good. It's I have I have harmed the image of Christ 
and I need to make it right. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a, there's a bigger picture happening here of, which I would probably say, even nowadays, we probably lose sight of that in our interactions with one another is that we're interacting with the image of Christ constantly. When we're interacting with one another, we have the opportunity Mm. to see the image in Christ in one another and reflect the image of Christ to one another. Sure. That's our call. Yeah. Ultimately is that, Hey, I I know that maybe you're not behaving in the way you normally would, but I still see the image of Christ in you. And I'm going to show you the image of Christ in me. Right. No matter what. Right. That's my, that's my goal is to always be showing the image of Christ. So, you and I, we have a discrepancy. We come in, we kill this animal to make things right, mm-hmm. um, which I think is probably, and also when we're talking about Christ's death for us, as that's what we're also cover, that's that's what we're specifically talking about is Christ's death in relationship to guilt or sin offerings. Right, is that right. these were perpetual yes. offerings that had to keep you had to re up. Right. right, and and here's the thing too, right? That, that with guilt and sin offerings, so so a guilt offering would be a a voluntary offense, something you know you did wrong. Mm-hmm. Sin offering would be, you. you I'm not you, sure. You, you actually are, are doing it kind of provisionally. Like sure. I know that there has been thoughts, but I can't specifically name. But I know that I've fallen short in certain areas, even though I haven't necessarily like committed a transgression, if you will. You know, there's three types of words used right in the in Exodus 34, talking about God and or God's talking to Moses and revealing His nature, and He says, "Who forgives your transgression?" Uh, iniquity and sin. So we got three different categories different of, of, um, I guess, deformities. I don't know what you would, uh, maladies, I guess, you know, yeah. us iniquities being, uh, what we are is bent and mm-hmm. is corrupt. Sin being the things, how we miss the mark. You know, the word sin means to miss the mark. So not even in committing something, but just omitting things mm-hmm. a lot of times. And then of course, transgressions are willful, yes. uh, acts of rebellion. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, those three words. And I think the altar to me, um, you know, deals with all three of those certainly, but the most, um, prominent of those three is, is the iniquity it is, you know, so it's so watchman in his book, normal Christian life. He separates the work of the cross into two things. Uh, so he follows Romans one through eight in the first four chapters speak of sins, plural, that we need to live, uh, to be set free, and forgiven of sins, plural, and then chapters five through eight uh, ch- changes to sin, singular. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the idea being that uh, we need to be delivered from, you know, we need cleansing from the sins that we commit, the transgressions that we commit, but we also need deliverance from what we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we sin because we are sinners. It's not the other way around. We don't, we aren't um, sinners because we sin. Uh, we sin because we're sinners. Uh, so the altar deals with what we are. And uh, so whenever we come to the altar and worship, whenever we use it in the tabernacle flow, we're rem- reminding ourselves of what the finished work of the cross has accomplished as we look upon what Jesus has done. And mm-hmm. it, so it was something that the Israelites had to do every day to remind themselves of, you know, this process yeah. was a day in and day out process. Um, because we're prone as humans, you know, us in the 21st century are, are no less than they were uh, prone to forget um, what God has done and what he's called us to do. So I think it was really gracious of God to give the Israelites a reminder of, of his grace and mercy, even, even in a provisional sense then. And, and of course, once and for all in Christ. Um, so it's all about the cross. Whenever we're uh, looking at uh, the altar and coming to the altar stop, it's a very cross centered, uh, mm-hmm 
you know, reminding ourselves of what the cross accomplished of, of the victory, the finished work, um, the completion of that work and receiving that work, not, not adding anything to the fire other than to acknowledge it and give God praise for what he's done, uh, and surrender our lives because he's, he's worthy of it. Um, and his, his life is so much better once we lay it down and, 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 um, lay our lives down. We actually find our life whenever we, yeah. whenever we do that. So, so just to clarify, cause I love this, this point that you make in this context, the guilt offering is for the transgressions. The sin offering yes. is for the tendency to have a sin nature. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, uh, am I saying that right? It's, it's a, uh, so sins would be like the, so David in the Psalms says like, forgive my, my, um, sins that I didn't even know that I committed. So, so, is, is, so transgression, is transgression the, uh, the fruit of the sin? I would say it's the fruit of the iniquity, like the bent, okay. uh, the, the, the natural bent or distortion that we have in our sinful nature is what causes us to act. Well, I would say, so iniquity can go to sin or it can go to transgression, transgression being like a, a willful, a rebellion, sin okay. being yeah, yeah. just a way that we don't measure up. So kind of like a sin of omission. Whereas this is a sin of commission. Whenever you yeah, commit yeah. something, I've decided and, to do and this. offend somebody. Yeah, yeah, and you make a wrong decision sure. uh, willfully. Okay. So you, you mentioned willfully. something too that I think is, which we talk about this a lot, is that we we have kind of come to the conclusion a little bit that the the altar stop has kind of two heart postures. And again, you know, we're I care a lot about helping to develop vocabulary and terminology. Heart posture is just a very churchy way of saying, like, what's what's the thought here? What am I thinking about when I'm at this stop mm-hmm. in the journey of worship? And so there's two heart postures, in my opinion, when we arrive at the at the brazen altar. And the first one is what you what you talked about is the finished work of, of, of the cross. Mm-hmm. And I I always do like to stress the idea of the finished work of the cross because the cross itself is an instrument of death. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what Christ die. That's what, that's the instrument that was used to kill Christ, Mm -hmm. but it's what happened through it because not all crosses in the history of time are sacred. (laughs) Only one. Only one. (laughs) Right. And so, and really the cross itself, and I'm I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to be, um, like, it's not like a hot take or anything, but like the cross (laughs) itself is just an instrument, right? It could have been any instrument of death that could have represented Christ's death. But the most important part about this stop is what came because Christ died. Mm -hmm. Christ could have been beaten to death, could have been a number of things. The the point is, is that his death allows us to now have a relationship and the atonement is complete. Mm -hmm. All sins, past, Mm. present, and future, are washed because of that death. But I always... And it's always important for us to reflect on the cross, but I always like to stress the ideas that in this place, it again, when we, this is like a little term that we always say is that gratitude is the cheat code hmm. into God's presence. And hmm. it is so, that's why the finished work of the cross, I think is so important to me is hmm. I'm so grateful for what the cross, what Christ's death on the cross has provided me. Yeah, Absolutely. Is that that's the heart posture is when I arrive at the, at the, at the altar, that's where my heart immediately goes to is, Oh my gosh, it's only because you, like, I only have access to you because you did this. Right. Man, I don't have anything a, else. Golly. 
has such implications for like how we relate with God and how we come into worship. If we think that we need to add something to the altar to or lay something down in order to make the you know God's work efficient in our lives, yeah, you know, all that we need to do is is to recognize that it's already been done. It's already been finished. God already has done the work. If I'll believe that that's true and have faith, then I can just receive that and, and move mm-hmm. on and, and take the greatest gift that's ever been offered. But you, t- so many times you see um, folks getting stuck, I guess, maybe here uh, trying to add something to, to the work to, to make it efficient in their lives or try, trying to pray and ask for, for God to, to, um, to put to death something that he's already yeah. declared his death. <laughs> he's already said he'd been crucified with Christ, right? He's already, sure. he's already completed the work. Uh, and the only response that we can have here or should have here is just gratefulness and praise for what he's already done. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, man, it's, it's a precious truth that to get into our hearts that, that God's already done the work and it's, it's finished. So that's what we're doing at the altar. We're not mm-hmm. necessarily like, um, laying anything new down other than we're just remembering what Christ did. And of course our response to that is laying our whole lives down as living sacrifice, every part of our lives. Um, so you mentioned this on the last time too, of a a comment that that Dave Essler made about bringing stuff to the altar. That's, Mm -hmm. that's, um, he said, instead of, instead of bringing, um, your, the, your troubles, or sorry, I'll let you say it because you because uh, you've got it in you more than I do. But well, it, Dave sent me this email and it was so brilliant because it, the idea was is that our tendency can be, um, I want to come lay down the stuff that I'm having a hard time with, right? And I will say there's two kind of pictures here that um, are important to probably separate that kind of get connected to one another. And I'm not saying that they're not connected, but I want to be careful the way that we we connect them is that. There's this idea of laying something down at the foot of the cross, lay your burdens down. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm laying, I'm laying down these burdens, these worries at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. And then there's the act of laying ourselves down on the altar. These are, these are two things that I think sometimes get, um, accidentally connected. Mm-hmm. And I think they're different. Sure. Right. So the, what's happening at the altar, and this is what Dave's ultimate point was, is that the tendency can be is, oh, I'm struggling with this thing. I'm going to lay this on the altar and have the Lord burn it up. Well, I think all of us would absolutely participate in that idea. Mm-hmm. Something I don't want. I want, please take it and burn it up. I can't control my mouth. I'm, I'm, I'm saying things that are critical and mean or I'm sarcastic all the time. Lord, take, take, that, take that cynicism off of me and I, I put it on the altar and ask you to burn it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Yes, but that's also that's the that's the reason why the sacrifice in the tabernacle of Moses had to be something that was really valuable is that it had to be the best of what you had. So the difference in these two pictures is that we're not coming to the altar here to lay down the stuff I don't like. I'm coming to the altar to lay down all of me Mm. and saying, if you've got different plans than what I've got, I want those. I want your plans. Mm. I want what you want to do. I want to go the path that you want to go. Hmm. So what's harder about this is usually when we're talking through this and I double down and, and make sure people understand is like, Hey, this is passion. This is ambition. This is plans, job, money that you want to make, 
Golly. things, goals that you have. Good things. Good things, mm-hmm. not bad things, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, the easy things like, oh, man, I drink too much. I'm going to lay down on my drinking. <laughs> Absolutely. On the altar. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> easy. Yeah, easy. Yeah, right. But if, if, if we are to truly pick up our cross daily, that means, hey, if this job has become an idol and I'm pursuing this job more than I'm pursuing you, I want to lay it on the altar. Mm. Now mm. we got a little different conversation. Right. right? <laughs> Absolutely. That, is, that stings more. Yeah. Because, well, I got to have a job. I just want to be good at my job. I understand that. But anything hmm. that would take your attention hmm. from the Father that needs to go on the, that, that is perfect hmm. altar fodder. <laughs> For sure. That needs to go immediately <laughs> right. on the altar. This is not stuff that we don't want. Of course, you would bring the ugly, sick, shifty goat in your herd and be like, yeah, we'll sacrifice that. If we can, are we square? Right. No, I need the best. Well, I got to have that for work. Like that's the, that's the prize bull of mm. my herd that I'm mm. basically creating a whole nother herd. Well, that's kind of the idea. You send, mm. you, you got to bring the best of what you have. Right. And truthfully, mm. no matter what, no, no matter what person I've ever talked to, this is true across all, human beings, even though it doesn't even matter how potentially low your self-esteem is about yourself, human beings care about themselves more than anything. That's fight or flight. Sure. That's why I'm going to self-preserve in any situation that I have, because I care about my existence (laughs) more than anything. Yeah. I'm going to run from a dangerous situation. I'm going to do things that are self-advantageous. I'm going to do things like, you see what I'm saying? Like you're going to go after those things. So that's, that's the mm. part that I love so much about what David said is that it, it, it shifts your perspective from, and what's funny is that what that is of laying down the thing that I don't want is about to happen at the labor. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. But what's happening is the Lord is commanding. First of all, I want all of you. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get to this thing of dealing with some issues that you're struggling with and my conviction is actually working in your life. You mm. feel that mm-hmm. the, the call of repentance is drawing that out of you. Yeah. First, I want to know I have all of you. Yeah. The good and the bad. God, isn't that okay? So uh, going back to Denise's example, this 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 ties in really well with what you said of, you know, whenever we come to faith, whenever we're born again, we are made a new creation in Christ. So that that altar moment or that you know laying yourself down at the altar and offering your whole life as a as a uh, living sacrifice, only then can you actually. So, so the sin nature in us is the factory and the, the products it produces are the sins that manifest themselves yeah. outwardly. So before we can go to the labor and deal with the individual sins or the, the, the things that we've committed, the transgressions and sins, we have to, to, to deal with the iniquity. And if we're continuing to, to not fully surrender to the Lord, there's no way that we can clen- be cleansed uh, because that factory is going to keep producing that sin. So you have to, you have to first lay your life completely down, then the Lord can, can, can cleanse you once and for all, mm-hmm. right? So there's no more of the, That's the vacillating really way going, that you put that the going back and forth. That's a really brilliant way that you put that the factory versus the items the factory produced. So if you're continuing to go to the labor and washing the same thing over, you know, <laughs> if you've laid down your drinking problem at the altar over and over again and you're confessing your sin to the Lord over and over again until you finally lay yourself down, um, you're not going to be set free from that thing until you lay your whole mm-hmm. life down and give give your whole life to the Lord. At that point, He takes that from you and, and cleanses you. Uh, but you have to first lay your whole life down and surrender everything to Him 
including that including that thing. So the um, altar, what the altar is calling out of us is not just turning off the factory machines that produce the product. The altar is calling for a demolition of the factory. Absolutely. But there is no, you know, the, um, there is no that renovation. Yeah, <laughs> there is no renovation. It's a complete demolishment. So in the same way that like, you know, we pray for strength a lot of times to overcome temptation or overcome evil desires, but the Lord's way is to, is to weaken us and to destroy the, to destroy the factory and, yes. and, and to, to humble us to the point. I will use that as my we, example from now on is the difference between the factory and the factory or the products the factory produces. There you go. There you go. And, yeah, and good, we've said this before. That's a great, is, the, the two sides of it. Is the thing is not the thing. Yeah, for sure. Right? I mean, you and I both know guys that, well, man, I just, I really struggle with my temper. I wish if I could just get my temper under control, then it'd be fine. Well, the temper, the temper issue hmm. is fruit from a tree. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got a, what, what's going on? What, where, where did the temper come from? Right. right these are things right. too that, you know, these are healthy things of pastoral ministry that mm. pastors can, you know, help you with. These are also things that are brilliant about um, therapy, mm-hmm. counseling. Yeah, absolutely. Because they help you. This, this thing is manifesting in this way, but we really have a deep issue of, I don't feel like I'm enough. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. identity issues. This is usually, I mean, so far in my life, about 95% of the time, these things that manifest as sin or, man, I just wish I could stop doing this thing is connected to an identity issue of yeah. I don't feel like I'm enough. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I'm worthy. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm going to be rejected. I feel stupid. You know, those kinds of things that are like, those are deep things. and They're very simple. Yeah. You know, it's usually one of about five or six lies that we end up <laughs> believing. But yeah. cr- but the altar seeks to get straight to that, mm-hmm. right? Not just the, oh yeah, well, um, just do these three steps and and then you'll stop having a hard time drinking. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. No symptom management here. No, right? we're going. The to, altar we're going to the source. <laughs> the altar seeks to Which destroy any kind of symptom. It's the only way that it can be. It's you true. Know, God, God is so wise and so. Um, well, of course he's wise, right? He's the all wise uh, <laughs> being, who you know, Christianity is the only religion that that says that that the problem is, uh, within us, right? There is something, um, something within us that needs to be fixed. We must be born again. As mm-hmm. Jesus told Nicodemus, the only way to, to fix the, the ills, the fruit, the, the symptoms that you're seeing of, of, you know, individual sin, cultural worldwide, you know, brokenness and the, all the things that we, uh, the, the, the manifestations we see are to be born again. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't just, you know, medicate it or therapy it, you have to, you have to, to pull the tree out and, yeah. and be a new creation. And only in Christ can you do that. Only by the power of the spirit can you walk that out, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's incredibly, you know, that's what makes the, the message of Christianity so unique versus all the other religions is that God came and did that for us. He, the only way that we could be made right with him um, was through his, his sacrifice and him, him coming as a man, um, we could never do anything to, to earn it or to deserve it. Hmm. it. It had to be from, from, uh, from heaven down to earth. We couldn't work our way up to our Babel. We yep. couldn't work our way up to heaven. Uh, heaven had to come to us. Well, and to, I mean, to, to continue on that idea of the, the factory and the products, this too is also what, what Christ is wanting is I'm, Christ isn't showing up and being like, okay, well, let's convert your cookie factory into a brick factory. 
the idea is we're tearing this whole thing down and we're going to start new again, born mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. You were born one way. We've That old man, that old nature is buried, yeah. is dead and gone. That's part of, it's not, and I'm not taking away from what people are using it in this, but the idea of taking up your cross daily is that thing has to die mm-hmm. so that the, so it makes room for more of God to fit in there. Absolutely. It's not just the, the general statement of like, Oh, taking up my cross and, you know, doing the tough things in life. It's a literal dying. You yeah. Know, the yes. Galatians two twenty. Mm-hmm. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me mm-hmm. and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Mm-hmm. So this idea too, is that there's an, and I will say too, I want to say this, you know, kindly, but also, you know, I want to say it firm, but kind. And this is our mantra with parenting our kids, firm, but kind. <laughs> the, the message that the world seeks to share with us is that there is something about us that is rehabable. Hmm. There's something that's worth saving. And I know that this sounds counterintuitive to what you've to all the garbage that I hear on social media constantly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you aren't beautiful as you are. Mm-hmm. You aren't complete and whole on your own. You're not mm-hmm. You need. You were born into sin. Mm-hmm. And again, I really could care less how much this, um, is, I really don't care about saying it, you know, in a, in a generous or a, it just has to be said in yes. a very particular way because it's just true. Right. There's nothing about you that's rehabable hmm. because if there is something that can be saved, that doesn't need all of Jesus's touch in your life, then the cross was pointless. Hmm. The ideal was he came <laughs> and provided he provided Whoa. atonement once and for all for all things. It wasn't ninety nine point nine nine percent because mm. hey, guess what? That really funny quirk about your personality—it's so cute, so adorable. <laughs> you keep that. No. Hey, your anger actually—you know—actually we can yeah. go ahead and yeah, we can work with that. It's yeah. Fine. Like oh, that's just you know that's how I am. I'm just, just real sassy. Some, just take some time. Yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll. It's like, <laughs> like oh, that's my that's my dad. You know, we just all get, you know, we just fly off the handle every once in a while. But it's not, no, Christ came to address that. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately what we're, what we're dealing with here is you, um, what we're dealing with here is that you are called to look as much like Christ as possible and as little like you as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. There's, it, That's there's, the, there's yeah. nothing in you that like, and I think those are, those are things that I think tend to make this whole conversation very complicated is the idea of like, Oh, everybody's special and you're wonderful how you are and all those. I get all of that. I understand what people are trying to say by that, but it really does in a lot of ways conflict with what scripture has come to say is that Christ has come to make you whole and complete. Yeah. You aren't whole right. and complete on your own <laughs> and you can't complete the circle on your own. No. Sorry. Go ahead, man. Uh, well, the many things, but <laughs> so right after the Galatians two twenty verse, uh, uh, you just read the life I now live in the body. I live by faith in son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then Paul says this, I do not set aside the grace of God for if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Yep. So it's a all or nothing proposition. <laughs> Either Christ, uh, Christ's sacrifice is sufficient for all of you and you have to receive, you have to lay your whole life down and let him remake you completely, or you have to live by the law. Oh. And, 
there's only two options, right? There's only, you know, scripture is very black and white about, <laughs> you know, death or life, light, dark. Yeah. Uh, there's not a whole lot of, of, well, you can have a little bit of both. It's like, you can't relate with God and the, and through the law, you can't relate through behavior. You can't relate in that way. You have to, you have to take all of his, all of his sacrifice. And, and here's the deal too, is that his sacrifice, he's not trying to, he's, he is setting you free from yourself. He's setting yes. you free from, from the, the, the brokenness in your, in, in my heart, the brokenness in my mind, the brokenness in my emotions and, and, you know, past, uh, family iniquities, all, all, all the things that we have inherited in Adam, he is, he has crucified those things and set us free from our heritage in Adam. And he's united us to himself to, and put us into Christ. Right. So now we were in Adam, Romans five, and now we are in Christ. We are no longer in Adam. Uh, we have died and been, um, transferred to, to Christ now. So we can no longer I who live. Yeah, right. It's, it's Christ Christ in you. Uh, so, so we are a part of a new humanity essentially that's going to be realized in the last days. Um, and Paul says it that this way in Romans eight, that, um, creation eagerly awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. So creation is groaning and is feels the pangs of sin and feels the, feels the, um, the pain and the, and the, the difficulty of life. And it waits eagerly for the, the full revealing of the sons of God, the children of God, the sons and daughters to be fully revealed and for God's creation to be made whole uh, and for the, for the new heavens and new earth to be ushered in. I think that's just an incredible picture. And it's already begun, right? The kingdom yeah. of heaven is here It's interesting now. that you even use that verse because I've probably always seen that verse as like, oh, Christians are groaning. But I really, if you look at society right now, all of society, whether it's lost or saved, is groaning mm-hmm. because they can, if you're lost, you can see it in society is that there's this groaning for, I've got to fix this. Something's wrong. Yes. Yes. Right. We know something something's is wrong. wrong. No matter how many times people tell me I'm great the way that I am. It's like, there's something in you and it's what it is, is it's, it's supernatural. What's in you. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's the Jesus beacon that's been beeping in your spirit mm. and you've worked and, and people spend can spend their entire life trying to ignore that beacon. Mm. And quite honestly, you see it all through society of people trying to build structures around keeping that beacon as far away from them as possible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because to acknowledge it means that all of this stuff that I've been fighting against and fighting for um, in the wrong direction, I've got to come to terms with. Sometimes for people, that's unfortunately the trade-off is too great for them. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've put so much time into this. I've burned so many bridges chasing this. Hmm. I can't turn back now, but that beacon is what's going off and it's groaning inside of people mm-hmm. lost or saved. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We're, we're, we're all waiting draw. for that moment. Yeah. Yes, the Lord's, and, and it's Lord's the, calling. and it's, you know, that's what Jesus said in John 16, where he said, uh, whenever he comes, the Holy spirit, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. So the Holy spirit's here mm-hmm. and, and it's working on people uh, externally, convicting them of sin, like that groaning that man, something is not right. Everyone, pretty much everyone that I meet with or, you know, Christian or non-Christian would agree that there is something's wrong with the world. Yes. Of course, the, the solutions are, are, you know, varied, you know, uh, with Christianity being the only one that truly deals with the root of the issue, which is me. Mm-hmm. I'm the problem. Yes. <laughs> Stephen is the problem. Mm-hmm. I need to die and be born again. And thank and, God, uh, like <laughs> Christianity is the only one that provides 
a solution uh, greater than you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because what, what, well, it doesn't depend on you. Yeah. It, right. That's, that's the better term. It's the, it, the solution doesn't depend on you. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that both blows people's minds. And I think it's also the thing that like, hard to, it, there, it's, it's hard for people to like get their brain around like, that of like, I want to fix it. I want to be part of the solution. I think ultimately whether people would admit to it or not, there's a, um, there's a conviction component in there or kind of a guilt component in there of like, well, I've, I've done too much. I've mm. got to be able to, I've got to be able to close the circle a little bit on my own. Let me help. Right. Right. Let me be a part of this. And the Lord's like, you know, that's the beauty of it. Right. You can't, <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> but in order for me to do it, you have to die. Yeah. And it's you a, have to die to you. Yeah. I died the real death, the miserable, brutal death right. on a cross. I'm asking you to die to you. Right. So that you can live. <laughs> right. So we're back to the paradoxes of faith of, of being a living sacrifice, um, man. But what a uh, incredibly generous gift. And here's the deal is that God's not trying to take your life from you. He's actually trying to give you true life. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to take anything. I mean, a lot of people are, yeah. are hesitant because it's like, I don't want to give of my time and this, that, and that. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to be able no. to do anything fun. I'm not going to get to do this no. anymore. Well, if any of it is damaging to you, the Lord knows better. But there is such a, you know, those things are temporary. And like, you know, the we're, we're satisfied with far too, you know, we're satisfied with mud pies whenever we have a mansion that's mm-hmm. waiting for us with a feast that is any, unlike anything that this world's ever seen. Uh, and, and, and even a life here now of, of joy, peace, patience, the fruit of the spirit, um, a deep joy that transcends understanding and transcends circumstance. Like there's these things are waiting for us as we, as we die to ourselves and come to life in Christ. These things are ours. Mm-hmm. If we'll just die, <laughs> if we'll just die, <laughs> you know, You said something that reminded me of a point that we talked about that I thought was so fascinating last time is that term living sacrifice Mm -hmm. is so normal to us, but it's an oxymoron. Like it's a, it's a, it's like a funny thing to think about because in order for something to be a sacrifice, it can't be living. Right. Right. And if it's still living, it was, it wasn't a sacrifice. Right. But Christ came on our behalf and is the only of all time, the only sacrifice that died and came back to life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's so cool about that is then he shows us and teaches us how we live our lives as living sacrifices mm. in our day in and day out. I'm like, just take our marriages, for example. It's my call to be a living sacrifice to my wife. Why well, I want to do this? Well, I'm going to lay down those things mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm called to be Jesus to her. Right. That's the Ephesians five call, right? Yes. Love her as Christ loved the church. And so this idea, like we, Hmm. I wish I could, I hope that we're covering it the way that we did in that, that first attempt. But this, this really blew my mind for the next couple of days after we talked about it. But that idea of being a living sacrifice is so unique to Christianity and that you don't hear it anywhere else except Mm. for Christianity because Christ is the only prophet deity figure that's ever existed that can say he is a living sacrifice. Right. He died on our behalf 
sacrificially in our place, came back to life, and now commands us through the supernatural to allow us to be living sacrifices as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We can lay down the things that we want, the desires, the... And that's what this is, mm-hmm. right? So we're when we're taking people through a worship set and we arrive at the altar, that's what we're showing them. Right. We're going to be living sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do I do that? I love that you asked. I'm so <laughs> glad that you asked. That looks like laying down all of who you are. Mm-hmm. Well, but I still want to be you know, ambitious in this area. I know, lay it down. Lay it on the altar. I still got my businesses and stuff that I'm you know, chasing after. And, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, can I keep that? And, and when I can be a living sacrifice, you bet you. I got it. That's not being a living sacrifice. For sure. For sure. Wholeheartedly. At some point, you know, in the future. Sure. Conditions are right. I'll, I'll, I'll do this. <laughs> I'll, I'll get to that. I'll, yeah, I'll fulfill uh, what you're asking me to do. Um, man, but it's like, it's like we think he's trying to take something from us. It, it, you know, I, I always try and paint it like. No, he's trying to give us freedom. He's trying to give us the same resurrection life that he, as the first and true living sacrifice, yeah. he's trying to, to, to give us true life, you know, and, and true freedom. And, and he's come that we might have life and life to the full. And that's what that means mm-hmm. is walking as a living sacrifice after the, the first living sacrifice, the true living sacrifice, uh, the firstborn, I guess, you know, he was the, he was the, the first living sacrifice and now includes us in, the, mm-hmm. in, a, in their with him um, to, to live with him forever. Right? Which has a really cool connection. I, I love that you mentioned that has a very cool connection to um, the Israelites being freed from Egypt is that the cost of their life, of them being able to stay alive, was the, was, it was the death of the firstborn. Hmm. And they took that lamb's blood and they put it over the door. And if they did that, their firstborn was spared. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool. We could probably do a, do a whole other episode <laughs> on that of how many ways those parallel. But I, I love this idea of over and over and over again. And I know that I think probably some of this too is that if you are unfamiliar with Christianity or this is kind of your first foray into this, I know that this sounds like a lot of death. <laughs> I get it. But this is one of the things that's so different about Christianity is that every other religion is seeking to stay alive as long as possible. Christianity seeks, doesn't seek, Christianity understands, and what Christ's message is, this life that you're living is such a, it's such a small dot Mm -hmm. in the history of eternity. What I'm asking you is, will you give up this small part so I can give you eternity? Mm. Will you give up this small part so I can have, so that heaven and earth can come together? Right. So that you can be in my presence. Can you give up the small <laughs> thing? Which I think is such an interesting parallel. I, I, I'm really thinking through most of these other religions. I mean, there's a few other religions I think that are heavy on, on self-denial or those kinds of things, but not in this particular way that Christianity calls you to give up yourself. Right, right. And to, de- and to deny yourself and go towards, and the, the return is the greatest life you've ever, oh, that you could ever imagine. Unimaginable riches and, and being with Christ forever and, and, a, and a joy and delight that, that we can't even imagine, you know, that, that Revelation 19 through 22, if you ever are looking for hope and, and that, that's just an incredible picture of the, the marriage supper of the lamb and, and the consummation of, of the fulfillment of, of all of God's plans throughout history coming to pass and his people being united to him forever. 
because uh, he delights in our joy. You know, he wants us mm-hmm. to, to to find joy, but he also is, is jealous and, and knows that only only in him can we really be happy. Yeah. Only with him can we really be happy. Um, so let's get back to. <laughs> so, so what are some describers and and some songs for the, for the altar to get like to, to, to go to the practical side sure. of things and picking yeah, yeah. up you know, so, picking out songs. So each of these stops, we always like to try and sum up these stops with some descriptive words to help you kind of understand the, 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 the idea behind this stop. So the describers around the altar uh, are sacrifice of praise, letting go, the cross, atonement, and exchange, ransom, uh, remembrance, offering, renounce, forfeit, offer up, conversion, lament, revelation, um, surrender, sacrifice. Those are kind of, as a, that's a lot of words, but that's kind of the idea behind this is that what's happening here is a, a surrender and a sacrifice and an exchange for the surrender and the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I think is probably the, the crux of it. I am curious when you close your eyes during the podcast is on a scale of one to 10, how good you gotta, you gotta ask. I'm like, how good is it? What you just heard, or what you're about to say? Well, whenever, so for that moment, and then it happened in the in the podcast that was lost in the, in another world. Uh, but but it's usually like me trying to picture something like uh, being with Christ forever or being in God's presence forever. Mm-hmm. Usually, it's like, that's like something that's like be beyond, like it's beyond my senses. I'm like trying to, I'm trying to. You know, Lord, help me to, to, to see it. it and to, you know, I think that there's something so, uh, so incredible about so whenever we portray uh, laying down your, your life, uh, to some, you know, cause, cause, you know, you just mentioned a second ago with, with, it can seem like a lot of death, but, mm-hmm. but whenever you realize that it's actually like the most, <laughs> you know, there's such a great joy that waits on the other side of your death. True, like man. if you would if you would just die, man, there, there is so much joy in, in both Christ. the figurative and the There's literal so much, you know, uh, so much life and so much abundance, um, and so much peace, you know, like, like this world is, is so full of, of anxiety and worry mm. and depression and, and emotions. And certainly, you know, Christians still experience these things too, but it's, it's, um, to have Christ is to have everything. And I think that's the, the crux of, of, of what we're getting at the altar is that, uh, you're laying down your life. It's the greatest exchange you could ever make. Like you are the, the, the most wise individual ever. You give what you can't keep yeah. to gain what you can't lose, which is eternal riches and glory with Christ. Say, uh, <laughs> say that slowly. So it's a Jim Elliott, uh, give, quote, what you, is you, uh, you give what you cannot keep uh-huh. in order to gain what you cannot lose. So, you give temporary things. You give, sure. you know, uh, money, family, life on earth, talents, gifts, all these things that, that God gives that are good. And and by laying those down, you get what you cannot lose, which is an eternity of, of delight and joy in mm. God uh, that can never be taken That's away. That's a doozy. Well, it's, it's, it's the exchange. It's the yeah, greatest yeah, exchange yeah. and the greatest gift, right? You know, statement. God's trying to, to give that to... And it's not trying to give like he's some sort of like frustrated, but he's offering it to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you'd be a fool not to take that offer. And I think yeah. that's kind of what, uh, what we're getting at here. Uh, Teal, can you pull up the, the lyrics? Uh, so some of the songs that we do at the altar stop that we've, that we've uh, chosen, 
uh, for your glory for is your a glory, is yes. a tabernacle original that I'm going to have him pull up. Uh, but we also have Raise a Hallelujah. We have King of Kings, All All Praise, Living Sacrifice by Brandon Lake, Better Word, uh, Worthy of Your Name, and then uh, the song I just mentioned, For Your Glory. I think the lyrics here really encapsulate the uh, the altar stuff, and it was written with the, the altar in mind, right? Yeah, so all of the original songs that we've written, so we released Jesus Forever last week, which is our labor song. This Friday, which I guess when this podcast released, it'll be last Friday, um, Praise the Lord will be coming out, and that's our gate song. But the Are song- you praising the Lord for that? Oh, I am praising the Lord. Oh, the song's name is Praise the Lord. You <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, see what I did there? That's yeah. good. That's good. So, yeah, Friday, June, June uh, 13th. Yes. Uh, yes, Praise the Lord. No, sorry. <laughs> this I'm June, June 9th. 9th. Excuse me. June 9th. Sorry, I just agreed with that just yes, as yes. like I totally was. <laughs> yep, that's that's the date. Not like June I've 9th. been planning it June, for months. June 9th, yes. Uh, but this song, For Your Glory, we wrote uh, as kind of the the ideal song of what do we want the congregation to say mm. when they arrive at the altar. So verse one, it says, there is an offering required. I bring my best to your fire. I take my whole life. Beautiful King set me ablaze. So you can see all the, the words here that mm-hmm. the picture that we're painting is that this, we know what we're here for. This is the idea. Verse two, this is my joy and desire to see your name lifted higher. Jesus, my all, I'll answer your call and offering of praise. And the chorus says, for your glory, for your glory, my greatest reward is loving you, Lord, with all that I am. And what I love about this chorus is in its simplicity is that's 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 the center of the wheel, hmm. is that my greatest reward is getting to love you, and I love you by giving you my everything. Hmm. So... Hmm we can have the tendency of being like to, to think, Oh, well, I'm having to give up so much. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm giving you back what you gave me. I only have this life because of you mm-hmm. and I give it back to you in service. Mm. Um, and then the third verse, which I love this third verse so much. I don't need any convincing my one response to your mercy surrendered. I bow, I lay it all down and worship you now. Mm. And the, the bridge says, so let me be a sacrifice that's consumed by holy fire. And I'm not saying that everybody has to write uh, with these stops in mind, but it sure does for us. It makes a significant difference for us because it really allows us to hone in on the message of the song that we get to drive home this idea so much of with this song, just reemphasizing over and over yeah. and over again. The only reason I'm here is to bring you glory. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to bring me glory. Mm-hmm. And the tendency can be is start to, I start to drift off and start wanting to bring myself glory. Sure. Let's correct that. Lord, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back to the altar and I'm going to remind myself I've laid that down already. Yes. yes. I'm give, I've given you my life. Mm. Let's, let's course correct here. So right. th- that's, right. that's a song we'll, we, you know, we, we'll go through a couple other songs as we get to those stops. Um, but that's, that's for your glory. That'll be coming out in a few, a few weeks from now, but just awesome. a reminder Friday, June 9th, praise the Lord is the name of the song. <laughs> just to clarify, just to clarify, I said it today in a staff meeting and everyone's kind of like waiting for me. And I was like, no, that's the song. Praise the Lord. <laughs> They're all like, Oh, yes. I said, we have a song coming out this Friday. Praise, praise the, the Lord. Lord. Oh. And they were like, you go what's, ahead. What's the song? Yeah. <laughs> So the song's called Praise the Lord. It's sung by the impeccable Phil King. Mm-hmm. And um, I got to write it with him. And 
it's 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 awesome but it comes out this friday um okay i think that sums up i think that's a wrap i think we got it this time yeah we have no skipped cameras we have no stop timeage um as always tabernacle worship is the worship department and the worship team of trinity fellowship church here in amarillo texas if you are looking for a church home, we have lots of physical campuses, but we also have an amazing online campus. Mm-hmm. If you are not in the area and you want to join us, go visit tfc.org. In the meantime, you can follow us on all the various social media platforms. It's Tabernacle with no vowels, followed by worship, some various combination of those words <laughs> and letters combined together. You can also check out tabernacle.com, again, with no vowels. If you're interested in our internship, you can go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but until we do the next one, Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you at the next one. See you.